0: Well, it's good to be back home, and it's almost like, you know, I know Thanksgiving's coming up, and you get ready to go visit family, and on the good side, it's a good thing. You know what I mean? Well, some of you are probably visiting bad family, I guess, I don't know, but it's one of those things, you come back, you haven't seen faces for a while, and you're like, hey, it's good to see you, and, and uh, it's, just, it's, just one of the, it's just a blessing being able to come back and uh, being able to be here with you. And I just very, just very grateful for the investment and the help that uh, you have consistently through this whole process. And it is a it is a journey uh, regarding the church plan. We're coming up. I can't believe this coming up on ten years in April. And I remember when uh, when we first moved out here, we had little Kayla, and then we added four more. So yeah, it's been one way to add. You know, grow a church is just have more babies. You know, and we've sort of taught that to our folks, and so that's one reason why we're growing, but uh, we're very thankful for what God's doing, and excited about what uh, God is, uh, what I believe, what, what I believe the future holds for North Valley Baptist Church, excited about the, just being able to be a part of it, you know, along for the ride, and being able to see God do some great, great things, but I'll tell you this, it would not be possible, and I really truly believe this, uh, without a good sending church, and I really do mean that, and a pastor that gets behind, and and just a hundred percent, and you have you know you have church planners, and I say church plants that are either connected or disconnected. And what I mean by that is you have church plants that are, if it's connected, I mean you got the church behind you a hundred percent with whatever needs that need to be done, and I mean we're I mean full board a hundred percent. And then you get the others that are saying, yeah, we're connected. But it's more like, hey, we'll, we'll help you out X amount of years and we'll just pray for you every once in a while. We'll see how you're doing. Maybe a phone call here and there. That's not the case with Fellowship Baptist Church. And I wish that, you know, just speaking to other church planners and say, and I don't mean to be, I don't want to brag, but I just say, this is what it ought to be right here. And that's what we've been able to be a part of. And so I just want to say thank you very much for that. It's good to be here. I wish I can say that I was here. Because of spiritual reasons, and I am here tonight for spiritual reasons. Tonight for spiritual reasons, but I am out here deer hunting, and so I am trying to get a deer, but haven't got one yet. So, so it's probably good that I'm here, right? Anyways, uh, I want to direct your attention to Genesis chat number thirty-seven. Am I good here? I'm always nervous about the the whole mics and and everything, because I don't know when to turn it on, when to turn it off. We have, uh, uh, well, we, at one point we had guys working on our sound system in the back, and they were, now you got to understand, I came from a deaf household, so I know sign language, and the two guys uh, that did the sound booth, they also came from deaf households, and so you have to understand, we're not super sound savvy, you know, I'm like, am I on? He's like, I guess so, and just, whatever, we'll make it work, so you never really can trust on what's going on in the back, and every once in a while, I can see them in the back, and they're signing back and forth, and I'm trying to preach, and I can see what they're saying, I'm like, what are you doing? Quit being dumb, you know. Actually, this last Sunday was quite interesting because we have our it's, our auditorium would almost be like this this kind of setup, and on the back, maybe where the screen would be, is a is a big glass big glass window, and there's a classroom that's up there, and then my office is up on the side. Well, two of the kids, I'm telling you, these two kids, Owen and Owen, I mean, they're small. They're they're you know they're probably six years old or so. But I'll tell you what, I feel sorry. I say. But they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're good-sized. I mean, okay, they're about here, okay? Six years old, five, six years old. I don't know their Social Security. I don't know their birthday. They're somewhere around there. But anyways, these two kids got out of class. And I feel sorry for the youth pastor who has to watch these kids because they got up to the top, and they made eye contact with me, and I'm in the middle of this message. And here they are in that glass window just going, ah, going back and forth. And I'm thinking... Can somebody? So I did a little signing action. You, you know, go go get those kids. You know, and we got it all worked out. So we got our own method to what we do. But, um, anyways, Genesis chapter number thirty-seven. I hope to be an encouragement tonight and uh, and a help. Genesis chapter number thirty-seven. We're going to begin reading verse number one. Bible says, "And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, the land of Canaan." And these are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was uh, with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpha and his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto their father their evil report. Now, you have to understand regarding the issues of his brothers. And you can see that later on, uh, he's going to get, of course, in this account, he gives their evil report. But I want you to understand when you get into this. Especially with his brothers, it's not necessarily made mention here. But if you were to go to chapter forty-nine, you get an understanding how can I say how how really how debauched and how wicked these 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 brothers were. I'm talking about the character and their personality. If you were to take a look at their legacy, you can see that in chapter number forty-nine. So it's not like uh, Joseph is some kind of narc just trying to you know one up these guys. That's not that's not the kind of uh, of man that he is. So verse number three, now Israel loved Joseph more uh, Joseph loved more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their fathers loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto, him, unto them, Here, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheep arose, and, uh, and, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about, and made obeisance to my sheep. And his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words." And he dreamed yet another dream, and told it his brethren, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him, and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? uh, Shall I and uh, and, and, and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brethren envied him. But his father observed the saying, when you take a, this is beside the point, but when you take a look at envy, envy is such a, a devastating, devastating sin. Because someone has said it this way, envy is, is blowing out the other person's candle, uh, will not make yours brighter. And that's probably, that's really what they're trying to do, recognizing that something's going on in the life of Joseph, but they're moved by envy. And then it goes into another narrative account here, notice in verse number 12, and his brethren went to feed their father's flock in Shechem, And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed thy flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said uh, to uh, to him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thee, or with with thy brethren, with thy flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron and came to Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren, tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed thence, and I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And notice, notice how, how they're bringing this about. In verse number 19, they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh come now therefore and let us slay him and cast him into some pit and we will say some evil beast have devoured him and we shall see what will become of his dreams. I want to speak on this subject tonight when a dream dies. When a dream dies or if I can give it maybe a subtitle, the death of a dream, and I hope that this will be a help for us because if you take a look at Joseph, he did have a dream. He had multiple dreams, and when you take a look at the scenes that's transpired, I think you'll recognize that his brothers asked this question not on our watch, and I hope, to, I hope to really be a help and encouragement as we look at this account. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this time together. It's been good to be in your house already, to fellowship, and to, to see, of course, old faces and familiar faces, but Lord, it's also good to see new faces, to know that the church is moving forward and growing and developing, so we rejoice in that. And God, I just pray that uh, during this time, I know it's very possible, many from a, a busy week of, of work and, and different things on the agenda and maybe some upcoming things that they have to give attention to, I just pray that as we're here under your word, that we'll set aside this time to really hear from you. So Lord, would you do a work? Would you challenge us? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Right timing is, is everything. If you were to ask the, the quarterback of a football team if timing is important, Let's ask his wide receiver. I think, I think he would agree that timing is important. If you were to ask a point guard who has to put up an alley-oop to another teammate if timing import, is timing important, I think they would agree timing is important. Let's ask a mechanic if a timing chain or a timing belt is important. Let's ask a trapeze artist if timing is important. If uh, you were to ask maybe uh, the Blue Angels, one of the Blue Angels who fly in the air shows if timing is important, I think that they would say, if you're flying with me, yes, timing is very, very important. If uh, cooking was left up to your husband, wives, let's ask if timing is important. I think we all recognize, yeah, I think timing would be important, men. Do You want to burn the food. But uh, I think timing would be important. Being able to give attention to timing and being able to give attention to the right type of uh, things that come down to our life. And just in general things, timing is very important. But when it comes down to the work of God and what God wants to do in your life, timing is just important. Sometimes we have this idea that we like to accomplish certain things, maybe in our own spiritual life, and in, in our own growth, but God is just maybe saying, Hey, I have a different plan for you, and I have a different agenda for you, and I desire more than anything, instead of your self-comfort, I desire for me to get glory. And that's one thing that we really have to highlight, because I think sometimes in our, in our Christian circles, and just if we were to put the banner over us saying, Christian, we do like this, we do like our comfort, but God never promised... Uh, comfort in our life. He promised that this. Hey, we're supposed to give him glory. That's the whole. That's the whole point, and that's really the whole purpose of why we of why we exist. When you see the case of Joseph and in his brothers, and leading up to this account here, of course, Joseph being seventeen years old, given the coat of many co- colors, it didn't take them long to realize from the very beginning that he was a favorite. He was Joseph being raised in this this household that would uh, be filled with anger, be filled with jealousy, it would be filled with deceitful people. And for 17 years, uh, the brothers would watch Jacob play favorites with, with, with Joseph, over and over and over again. And the Bible says in verse number four that they, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. As they would go in and out and just deal with just common affairs of the day and just being able to rub shoulders with him, they could not speak peaceably of, uh, unto him because of the relationship that they had and what they were brought up with. And it got to a point in this environment where especially where he really started to make really matters worse here. It's almost like a, a keg with a, a, a fuse that's very short. It's just going to blow up at any moment. And now they come to this place where here is this dreamer dreaming dreams. And the Bible says in verse number, in verse number 5 that they hated him yet the more. So it's almost like you you could just add on to it. They are they couldn't stand him in the very beginning because of the of the partiality that was there towards Jacob towards Joseph and the, and and towards them. And then now that he's with these dreams, it only causes more conflict. And here's the two dreams just to bring us up to where we where we need to be. The first dream that it he dreams here He dreams this harvest field, and these sheaves standing in orderly rows, and the sheaves bow down before him. By the way, you didn't need an interpreter. The brothers figured out what the interpretation was. And you realize, hey, who do you think you are? And who, how dare you say something like this? And then the second dream comes around and speaks about the sun, moon, and the 11 stars. They bow down to him. And even Jacob recognized, hey, what is this? This isn't appropriate. This isn't right. And, and like, once again, you have to understand the character of, of Joseph. He's not the kind of guy that's going out of his way just to, to one-up people or trying to make himself look good or make himself look right. That's not the personality of Joseph. Here is Joseph recognizing that God is dealing with him in a, in a specific way, and he gives this. He gives this dream and rec- recounts the dream to his family. Not because he's trying to be an obnoxious child. That's not the case here. He just recognizes this is not some ordinary dream that I that I had. Of course, uh, throughout the course of time, this is something that is that is needs to be uh, 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 needs to be let known to the family. And so he does that. And as he lets the family know, it doesn't cause a good morale in the family unit. When you get to chat number, or when you get to verse number twelve, it enters into this context where now here the brothers are responsible for the for their duties of taking care of the sheep, and they are sent off from, from from Hebron to Shechem. Now this is about fifty to sixty miles, and as they go out, it's been some time, and now Jacob is trying to figure out. I wonder how they're doing, and I pro- I have the idea that he's probably more maybe more concerned about. Of how they're faring because of of, uh, of a past incident that took place before and I'm not going to go into the context there but Dinah and dealing with uh, Judah and Levi there was a big issue and and there's a big problem that took a big stir there in Shechem and so as they're away for some time he's thinking hey Joseph I want you to go check up and see how they're doing and you know what he was willing to do that so here is Joseph making this trip think about this making this trip 50 to 60 miles to check up on his brothers. When he gets there, he realizes that they're not there. And so he's, of course, just like anybody would be, he's asking around, Hey, have you seen? It? I mean, it's not hard to miss. You see, have you seen a bunch of guys around? They're taking care of sheep. They're taking care of uh, my father, uh, Jacob's sheep. Have you seen them? And one guy chimes in and says, Yeah. I've, I actually heard that they were going to go to Dothan. And Dothan, many would know, it means two wells. And, and, and you can almost get the idea that they probably left uh, Shechem and traveled another, here it is, another 13 miles to, to, to get to, 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 get to go, Dothan and probably embarking on all kinds of different things. And you have to understand, being able to take a look at the character and the personality of these brothers here, left to themselves, they're prone to give themselves over to all kinds of can I just say stuff? You say I don't know. I, don't, I think you might be reading into it. Then why did he give an evil report back uh, early in the parts of uh, chat number thirty-seven? I believe that he recognized that they were probably involved in different things. And and it really says a lot about Joseph because Joseph, he just had the responsibility to go to uh, check him, to check up on his father. But he's going the extra mile here, 13 miles, to check up. Hey, I'm I'm fulfilling the responsibility of my father. He could have easily went back. I just want to build up the character of Joseph just a little bit. He could have easily went back to his father and said, Hey, Dad, I went there. I checked it out and and, and checked them, and they weren't there. And, uh, you know, you told me to go there. I went 50, 60 miles there and 50, 60 miles back, and I couldn't find them. But he actually goes out of his way to fulfill his father's uh, 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 duties, or at least the duties that were given to him, and being able to seek out the responsibility that was given to him. That says a lot about a young man. By the way, he's 17 years old at this time. What a good young man. So he goes out there and he finds his brothers. Now, when you see, when you see that his, his brothers, and I'm just, I just picture this in my mind, they were probably involved in, I don't know, I, don't know I, I can't prove it, but there they are probably neglecting some responsibilities. They were supposed to stay in, in, in Shechem, but they go to Dothan. And here comes this, this young man whom they couldn't speak peaceably unto him. They couldn't deal with him, and now that with these recent dreams, they hated him yet the more, and not only did they hate him yet the more, but now they envied him. They couldn't stand him. They want nothing to do with him, and and even when someone's found maybe guilty of of something that they know they shouldn't be involved in, usually they're quick to to, to speak out and say, hey, we don't want anything to do with this, this guy, and they do chime in, and notice what they say in verse number 19, or in verse number 18, they conspired against to slay him. Verse number 19 to another, behold, this dreamer cometh. Now, that says a lot about that says a lot about this this young man being a, being a dreamer. Now, let me let me just give a little disclaimer here. Uh, when we deal with the issue of dreams, we have to understand the way that God worked in, in speaking to his people. He gave us his word and everything that we need to have. Is right here. We, are, we, are we on the same page? I think we're, we're all on the same page regarding that. And when you take a look at what God has given us, we don't need any more can I say dreams or special revelation because everything that we need to have from how we, how we got here and how things end is found right in the word of God and what's being confronted with us. And when dreams were given and visions were given or revelations were given to men of God, I want you to understand they were given for a specific purpose to follow into the credentials of Deuteronomy chapter number 18. And I'm not going to go into all the details, but that's exactly what God was doing in dealing with Joseph. And here's Joseph walking with God. Here's a man, if I could put it this way, a a young man with a gray head on green shoulders. I mean, think about it. Here's a young man that carried himself well. I mean, he really stands above everybody just in his character and his personality and the way that he's conducting himself. And here's this young man who's been able to be sensitive to God enough where God is now speaking to him and dealing with him in such a way in a very clear, clear fashion that he has to tell his family. And here they're saying this. Here comes this dreamer. Here comes this dreamer. He's gonna. I, I, I'll tell you what. I wonder what he's going to say. I, I and I can just hear them collaborating. They're collaborating so much that they get to a place where they're saying, "We've got to just take care of him. We're so far removed from home now. Here's our opportunity to work things out in our favor to totally get him out of here." And so they conspire to slay him. And many of you know the story. They're saying, "No, no, no. Let's not slay him. We'll just throw him in a pit." And one of the, the, the things that they point out here in verse number 20, notice the, uh, notice the latter part. In the, in the beginning parts of verse number 20, it speaks about their conspiracy, about what they're going to say and what they're going to do. But notice the latter part there. And we shall see what will become of his dreams. The nature of why they're doing what they're doing is because of the dreams that Joseph has given to them or has shown them. And now they're saying, no, 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 we're not going to let this come to pass. He thinks all of this and he thinks that he can carry himself in such a way and be able to be so close to to Jacob like he is. And I'll tell you what, here comes this dreamer and these dreams are not going to come to pass, not on my watch. And so they take him and they throw him in a pit. Throw him in a pit and they divvy up the money. The brothers divvy up the money and they sell him into slavery. He goes into slavery and as he is a slave in Potiphar's house... He, he stays there for a while, and, and it's just like God is starting to promote him, and then he's brought down again. The issue with Potiphar's wife, and then he, he's brought into prison, and he stays there for a while. And by the way, he stays there for two, not just two years, the Bible says, two full years. After he's already been able to receive more uh, uh, issues regarding of, of dreams of others and being able to interpret the dreams of others, he says, would you do this? Remember me say, remember, bring me out. I didn't deserve this. And he almost takes on this, this, victim, this victim mentality here and says, here, don't forget me, don't forget me. I didn't do anything. Remember me, remember me, and uses all kinds of pronouns saying, deliver me from this. He recognized that he was in a tough bind. Two full years go by and He's forgotten. If you, were to, if you were to look at the, the, the scenarios of all that works out, we're talking about 13 years of a yo-yo life. Going up and down, up and down, up and down. He gets promoted, and boy, I'm telling you what, God is on his life, and he's been able to dream these dreams, and he's brought low, put back in the pit, He's brought, and then he goes into slavery, and God promotes him, he's brought back up, and then he goes, boom, back into prison, and then he's finally out, and there he is with, with, with Pharaoh. I'm telling you, that was his life. But I want to almost, if I can maybe put it this way, I want to say that here is Joseph. We just get little snapshots. We have the overview of Joseph's life. But up to this point, when he's tossed in this pit and then sold into slavery, I, I'm almost confident that he's probably asking this question, but what are my dreams? Think about this. What are my dreams? I mean, I, I thought that... that with all of the different things that I was going to face and all the different uh, obstacles that that uh, even that I faced in the home and the situations of the home and now I come to this place where I'm so far removed from my father and now that I've recognized that the hostility is so intense from my brothers that they're going to throw me in, in, in into this pit and now I, I don't know what's going to happen as I'm thinking that there's some, some ray of hope I'm brought out and I just recognize that I got chains on me and I'm going to be sold into slavery. Who knows how long I'm going to be here now. All these thoughts have to go through his mind. Okay, so I'm going to be faithful to God, and and I'm going to try to be fully committed to God. And then when the test of temptation comes along, boom! Once again, back into prison. Back into prison to be forgotten. What are my dreams? What of my dreams? I thought this was going to happen. I thought this was going to take place in my life. And is my dream dead? I thought that I would be, be able to, 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 to see these come to pass. I mean, God, why did you give me these dreams? I thought this was really going to happen. you got to think, 13 years of this, of this, of this up and down life, this, these trials, and, and it seems like somewhat promotion, debris brought, brought low again. And 13 years of this, is my dream dead? What's going on? And sometimes we can take on that same approach. Now, I'm not saying that, you, that God reveals himself and he, and he gives you some, some, some crazy dream and, and, uh, and you're saying, well, listen, uh, so you can't, you know, we don't have kids in here, but you can't go up to your brother and sister and say, hey, listen, I had this dream and I had these sheaves and they all bowed down to me. That's not what I'm saying. We're not, we're, we, we, I, we didn't eat some crazy pizza or whatever and we have these crazy dreams, but God does speak to you. God, di- God does deal with you. And he deals with you in specific ways and he, and he, and he, and he gives you, can I, can I use the phrase here, he gives us these dreams in and, and the, and the, the work of God and what he wants to do in your life and, and how he speaks to you through his word and how the Holy Spirit comes alongside and shows you exactly what you need at the right time, at the right moment. And he even gives you this passion. Can I say a good, maybe good kick in the pants and say, hey, this is what you need to do. Or he gives you some encouragement. He gives you some joy to get you back where you need to be. And we get those. We get those. We get those times where we get those dreams. If I can use that phrase, and we get we get excited about maybe the potential that God wants us to do. I can think. Of, I can think of uh, just in my life. If I'm thinking of marriage. I wonder what it's going to be like. I mean, I didn't come from the greatest household. I'm thankful for what God has done in my mom and dad's life. I'm great, very grateful for that and how they're involved in church and all that. But I didn't grow up in a, in a Christian household. And I thought, well, I'm just going to cha- change the family tree. And that was, can I say, the dream that God had in, in mind for me. Or maybe child rearing, and, and now kids are coming along the scene and thinking about how to raise kids and, and, all, the, and all the work and the investment and the time. And, and you, have these, you have these dreams of where God wants you to take your kids and, 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 and what God can do with them and through them and asking God, God, help me not to mess things up. You know, all of those things go through your mind. And then you have different dreams regarding, can I say career, if I can use that phrase? call of ministry and the the call to preach and, and how god directs with with the church planning and the can i say the dreams that are there i mean there were times that at the uh, at the other location i would just think to myself i wonder what's going to be like and I, and I would always envision in my mind, and I don't. I believe God put this in my heart to say, "Okay, I wonder what it's going to be like. It's going to probably be the first service. I'm anticipating at least a good service, and then it's going to be just a steady, a steady flow of people that are going to come in. No problem finding greeters. No problem with offering." No problem with uh, uh, any of those things of setting up and tearing down. There's not going to be any problems of those at all. I'll just tell you what, we're going to be probably the first month here and then maybe the second month here. And then maybe when we get to finally two services, it'll probably be like the third month. I'm maybe being facetious a little bit. It's taken 10 years. And I realized all these different, can I say these, and I would say good ambitions and, 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 and just what God's doing inside my heart regarding church planning, it was like, whoa, this is exciting. I'm looking forward to it. This is great. And I realized, wait a minute. God, you gave me this dream. I really do believe this. You gave me this passion. You gave me this desire. But I'm recognizing I'm in a pit right now. Is this dream really going to come to pass? I mean, I don't, know how, I don't know how all this is going to work out. I thought that offerings were like, were supposed to be good to pay off the, the rent, but it looks like we're going to be asking by faith now. I wonder if we're going to have anybody just to come so it's not just the pastor doing song leading, preaching, greeter, invitation. Oh, is that invitation? Invitation. Everything. Honey, where are you at? Well, where do you think I'm at? I'm also the greeter. I'm also taking care of kids. I'm also handing visitor packets. I'm also doing other... I'm the one walking with the offering plates. I mean, it's just crazy. So all these different dreams and ambitions, you're thinking, man, this is great. This is wonderful. And then you get there and you're like, man, it seems like I'm in a pit. It seems like I'm put in this prison. Two full years seem like a very, very long time. Sometimes when it comes down to different things regarding family. I mean, think about it. When it comes down to family, maybe the hardship of, of, of dealing with failed, can I say, maybe expectations that somebody might have had regarding their family. I'm talking about maybe this dream. You get married and you're thinking, okay, we like to have, how many kids do you want? Or how many kids do you want? And you're like, oh, I don't know. And you go through and try to figure out. We're just going to pray and ask God's leadership and see what's going to happen. This is going who are exciting. What are we going to name kids? And then you have all these visions and can I say these dreams and it's hard to have kids and you try and you try and you try and you're thinking oh, but God you gave this to me I believe you gave me this parent this, this, this heart of a parent and I want to have this dream. I, I mean, you, I believe, God, you've given me this dream. I love kids. I love being around kids. And I'm just waiting to, to call my first son whatever his name or, or, or call my, my, my daughter this or whatever. And, and, and as, a, as it transpires and as longer, the longer it goes, you're thinking, is my dream dead? Maybe you have kids that, that decide to go wayward. And God deals with your heart, and you start praying for him and say, listen, I can just see, I know God, I know God can do a work, and, and maybe he just encourages you and challenges you, and maybe he gives you, can I use this phrase, dream to see them come back to the Lord, and, and uh, maybe, maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel, and maybe, maybe some great things that happen, and then it's one year, and it's five years, and it's ten years, and it's 15 years, and that child has no interest in spiritual things. God, I thought you gave me this dream. It comes down to a marriage. Yes, yes, Pastor. I, I really, I really want to get my, I want to get my life in, I want to get my life in gear, and I want to be able to uh, be the husband I'm supposed to be. And I, and I, yes, I. You speak about changing the family tree. I want to do that for my own house, and and I know I haven't been the father and the husband that I should be. And and here's here's this, and I hope that I can really uh, help my wife and and be a help and encouragement and love to her and love her like like Christ loved the church. And and the wife is saying, and maybe there's a wife saying this maybe similar thing. I want to be a, I want to be the the. Wife wife that I'm supposed to be and be a help and, and, be, a, and be a blessing, and, and, and I want to see this marriage go forward, and, and God does a work, and maybe there's one party that's all about it, and maybe the other side is not so about it. Come on, don't look at me weird. We face those things. And here's those issues, and here's all these problems that come in, and, and here's the tension in the home, and, and God does a work, and God challenges us, and, 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 and lo and behold, God gives you these visions and dreams. And it just seems like there's more hardships, more difficulties. Don't talk about the finances and there's a fight that breaks out. But God, you gave me this dream. You gave me this dream. What do you do when that dream that, hey, I want to make sure that this marriage stays and the other mate says, here's the divorce papers. And that dream dies. God, I thought you gave me this dream. Maybe a different situation, maybe there's somebody that's single. You say, man, I've been, I want to be faithful to God, I want to be faithful to you, I want to honor you, I want to please you. I think we've got a number of single folks in, in, in our church, and, and I'm thankful for many of them that have uh, kept themselves pure and, and desire for the right mate, but you can start seeing the grind and the pressure and the hardship and the loneliness they're saying, yeah, God, you give me this vision. I want to I wanna honor you. I want to wait for the right mate. I want to wait for the right one. And it seems like it comes after five years. Well, yeah, my, my friend's getting married. And yeah, I'm going to be his best man. I'm going to be, you know, the maid of honor. And yeah, that's great. It's wonderful. And you can just see. The internal fight that's there, God, you give me this dream. I, I believe you want. I believe you want me to honor you with my life, and I'll wait for the right person if you were to lead me. But it just seems like when, and it just seems like that dream's dying. That's all a reality. We face that. What we face those things in the home, when it comes down to spiritual growth. I mean, think about this. You got you have friend day coming up, and you're getting ready for friend day, and. And maybe you're thinking, okay, well, listen, I I remember maybe a time when God spoke to me through his word or maybe a a message and I came down to the altar and and I had this person on my mind and my heart was broken for this individual and God gave me this dream to maybe see this individual come to Christ and if God can use me, I would be so thankful and God's burdened you and God's uh, reminded you if, you, if I brought a message on salvation or brought a message on reaching the lost, that name comes up to your, comes in your mind over and over again, and, and that person comes to, comes to light, and you're thinking, yeah, God, I believe you gave me that dream to, to win that person to Christ or, or do whatever I can to get them to church, and here's friend day coming up. Maybe you're saying, you know what, I've done this before. It's been a long time since that in, individual even showing any interest towards spiritual things. Uh, okay, okay, Brother Alfred, I know. Okay, Friend Day, we, maybe it's something to put on the calendar. I, I, I'm almost confident it's not just something to put on the calendar. It's something to, for us to be able to shift our gear, you know, gear together and reaching people and reaching the community and all that. But maybe you're thinking, listen, I've done this friend day, friend day thing. And, and listen, it, it's hard being able to invite folks and have the anticipation of, of waiting for it. And I believe God's given me a dream, even in the past of being able to see so-and-so come through those doors and, and trying to invite them and do everything I can to, to take them out to eat or whatever. And, and after year, after year, after year, it seems like nobody comes. Just seems like a a dead dream. Oh, I had a passion for it at one point. Just seems like it's starting to die down. Maybe in your own spiritual growth. Oh, you get excited. We just finished up a revival, and it's just great to see the buzz and, you know, people getting right and and you know the excitement and the passion for for uh, for, for, for spiritual things and people really just getting excited for just, just a number of different things of how God's working in their life. And it just seems like a good, a good momentum until sin comes or it hits them. And they, they had a dream at one point And it's like, God, can I ever get ahead? Can I ever get over this vice? Can I ever get over this addiction? Can I ever get over this sin that's in my life? You gave me this dream. It just seems like this dream's dying. I don't know if I'll ever be the Christian I'm supposed to be. And insecurity sets in. Doubt sets in. Fear sets in. Well, I can't be like so-and-so, and and it just seems like I'm just, I don't know if I'll ever be the disciple that God wants me to be. And and, And we might never verbalize it this way, but we ask the question, is my dream dead? It just seems like, I stick it out, and I try to be faithful to church, and I come on a, on a Wednesday night after a long day of work, and I put, I put the time in, and I put the investment in, and I do all these things, and it just seems like it's up and down on this, on this yo-yo life, and I just can't get ahead. Is my dream dead? And we ask those questions. I think that's a reality, sometimes Financially. You want to get serious about your finances and God works on your heart and gives you a dream. Oh man, get back to tithing, get back to missions, get back to whatever it is that God has has touched your heart regarding finances. Just set the house in order regarding the finances and then you get the flat tire. Is the dream dead? We face There's a number of things. We face those things. We face those things. Your dream might be different than my dream. But we face those things. We face hardships and we face difficulties. But if I can just give you a few points here to to help you along the way to be a challenge. Would you do this? Would you allow the process? Remember, God's timing always works. And and being able to accomplish in the way that God wants to accomplish these dreams. I'll give you three quick points and, and I'll be through here. One is this. Dreams are hindered in ways we are not expecting. It's not like he was going up and saying, "Okay, yeah, I believe, God, I believe you gave me this, these dreams." And he goes up to Shechem, goes to goes to Dothan, and he's like, "Whoa, okay." The next thing he finds out, he's in a pit. If you went up to him and say, "Hey, do you think do you see yourself in a pit?" You never see himself in a pit. And now he's asking, "I wonder if these, I, man, I wonder if these dreams are right." Two full years. I wonder if this is appropriate. Uh, dreams. Second thing is this: dreams are not always fulfilled in our timetable. Think about this. Here he is, having these dreams, 17 years old, and it's not until he's 30 years old, think about this, 30 years old, that you start seeing the dream come to pass. 13 years. And it actually starts, and it actually starts coming to pass. There's a lot more that I like to say here. Um, Can I give you the last one here? Dreams are not always fulfilled. Maybe of what you see on this side of eternity. Let me just give you some examples. Moses going to the promised land. David building the temple. Prophets, prophesying regarding the Messiah. The rapture taking place in Paul's day. I mean, boy, there, there's a lot of dreams, a lot of expectations. But they weren't fulfilled. You know what's amazing is being able to take a look at Joseph's life. Being able to see all these things come to pass and being able to see God doing a great work. And now here we have this big we have this big overview. We just go to the book of Genesis and go through and say, man, that's wonderful. We love Joseph. We love him so much. And then we Don't even recognize that there were these periods of time that that Joseph went through and and these times where he had a question, is my dream alive? Am I going to be able to see this dream being carried out? And then later on when you start seeing the dream coming to pass and him going through this, this process, and by the way, in the midst of this process, staying faithful to God and staying committed to God, and going through this process, he comes down to the place where now he names his child. Think about this. He names his child. Uh, 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 Manasseh, which means this, to forget. The first child that he names was this, this, to forget. You know what he's saying? All these things, I'm going to forget all the hardships and difficulties because look what I've been able to see right now. The second child, Ephraim, means this, bountiful blessings or double blessings. Being able to see all the things that he's gone through, him being able to take a look back at his life and saying, Look what what took place. There were times that I questioned the dream. There were times that I questioned what God was doing in my heart. But I look back on it, I'll tell you what, it's just a blessing being able to serve God and being faithful to God because look where I am. God's able to be true to what he puts in my heart. According to his will, what he puts in my heart and what he desires to do, can I just encourage you, what will become of your dream? Because I'll tell you what, there's an adversary that comes alongside and says this. What's going to take place with your dream? There's going to be carnal Christians that come by. What about your dream? What's going to take place with your dream? How about we do this? When we go through the ups and downs of life, just being consistent and faithful before the Lord. And just allowing of what the work that he's been able to do in our heart. I think there's a New Testament. He's able to perform it. He's able to accomplish it. So let's just commit the matter to God and ask and ask God to help us with the dreams that He gives us and the passion that He gives us to be faithful to Him in the midst of all that, and, and all that we face and all that we deal with.